It is a fall Monday night, and that means we get to spend some time with you here on the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Uh, my name is Steve Courtney, and uh, I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, Jamie Edmonds. Jamie, how are you? Wow, what an intro. Well, you know what? Uh, just got to get off and running because there's so <laughs> much to unpack with this Lions team, huh? Oh, my gosh. It's so fun. And when we did our, you know, pre-show conversation, we're just like, there's plenty to talk about here. Yeah, there is. Um, first and foremost, uh, the best to Olivia. Thank um, you. You know, she's a little under the weather. But, yes. uh, you know, this is what goes on when you've got daycare and all this <laughs> other stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I feel a little guilty because she gets sick a lot in daycare, but every mom has told me this is what happens. You know, she'll she's building her immunity. She's going to be fine. Yeah, she'll be uh, – actually, yeah, building her immunity is right, and uh, this will make her stronger, okay? <laughs> okay. Don't you worry about it, Mom. Uh, before we get to the uh, Lions and all the great things going on there, uh, we'll let you know that your Detroit Red Wings are skating in Columbus against the uh, Blue Jackets. Both those clubs are one and one. Red Wings, of course, coming off the home opening win at Little Caesars Arena Saturday night against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, you talk about uh, getting some help from the new fellows. We'll talk more about it in depth as this program unfolds. But Alex DeBrinkett had a couple of goals. You had Daniel Sprong, new guy, lighting the lamp. JT Comfort, uh new guy, lighting the lamp. Uh, so there's some good right there. And again, they're in Columbus. We will keep you posted as that game unfolds. Uh, now, Jamie, uh, this Lions deal, uh, we were talking this morning when you were on with Guy and Lloyd, J.R. Mornings, uh, interesting little, uh, banner on ESPN.com this morning. Uh, is this the best Lions team ever? <laughs> Wow. Now, the national hype is all around us right now. Yeah, I mean, if you watch Sunday Night Football, their pregame show, the whole panel was saying great things about the Lions. And Chris Sims said, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Lions are a Super Bowl contender. Well, and, and here we are six games in. And right. right now, there's a three-way tie for the top spot in the league along with Philadelphia and San Francisco. Now, look, uh, there's 11 games to go. And uh, I was telling Lowe and Sean uh, via the uh, uh, sports wrap just before us, um, for the first time in a long time, Lions up 10-3 at the half. And normally it's like, okay, well, it's the Lions. Um, There's a gazillion things that can go wrong. Um, And for the first time, like I said, James, in a long time at the half yesterday, made myself a sandwich, didn't have a care in the world. That's how confident I was in these guys. I said to myself, self, make a sandwich. That's what I did. And uh, I didn't have a care in the world, which is very much unlike most Lions game day Sundays. But uh, let's just paint a little picture here. With a brush. That would be sound. Uh, big moment in the game. Uh, Will Harris picks off Baker Mayfield. That sounded like this. Pinned inside his own 10 to start this series. Off a fake, off a pump, a deflection, and a pick. It belongs to Detroit. 
Will Harris ends up with the interception. All right, so I'm sure you saw the replay, and it is a darn good thing that big Isaiah Bugs uh, got a paw on that to deflect it to the aforementioned Will Harris because Mike Evans was, he'd still be running if Isaiah Bugs didn't knock that down. Yeah, I mean, everyone is sort of stepping up in their own way. It's not uh, Aiden Hutchinson sacks all day, every day, every game. It's just different players stepping up, and especially with these injuries, the Lions getting it done. Yeah, and I agree with you. Um, You know, case in point, uh, Jared Goff, 353 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and he found 10, 10 different receivers. I mean, yeah, there's spreading the ball around. There's ball distribution, and you know what? I'm sure uh, before too long, one of the concession dudes is going to have a reception. I mean, he, he's just throwing <laughs> it around, you know, and with a great deal of efficiency. It's it's really yeah. something to behold. Listen to this Field Yates tweet or whatever on X now. In Jared Goff's last 17 games, he has 4,400 passing yards, 29 passing touchdowns, four interceptions, and the Lions are 13 and four in those games. I mean, he's playing out of his mind. Well, when you consider, uh, remember, and again, I don't want to dig up the old bad days, but when the Lions went on the road relatively recently, Jamie, it was a recipe for disaster. Uh, That win in Tampa yesterday, that is their seventh win on the road in their last eight away from Ford Field. Now, that's a pretty powerful statement there. And that says volumes of what Dan Campbell and this staff is all about. Yeah, I mean, I think it was last game after they won. Dan Campbell said, we'll go anywhere, we'll play anyone, and we'll have confidence doing it. As the game uh, went on, you were anxiously awaiting, I know you were, uh, the Lions to find the end zone. Under pressure, Goff was protected. St. Brown has it. Needs to get to the 14-yard line, and he will. Craig Reynolds through the big block, and St. Brown works all the way downfield for the touchdown. Um, that block from Craig Reynolds, uh, he should have gotten a game ball uh, afterwards. Uh, that was electrifying uh, that block. And again, Craig Reynolds in the ball game because David Montgomery went down in the second quarter with that rib injury. Um, But there's another case in point, Jane. Everybody's doing what they need to do to secure a win for this Lions team. Yeah, I mean, that block was crazy. You could see the play developing, and you could see that Amon Ra needed some blockers, and then here comes Craig Reynolds, like top of your screen, like a bulldozer. It was pretty awesome. It was uh, unbelievable. Uh, And then, you know, everybody is thinking, okay, Jamison Williams, um, what you got? Uh, You had a couple of games, sawed off the suspension. Well, here we go. Goff. Looking deep. Wants it all. Jamison Williams looking for the ball. Got it. Touchdown. Um, that's the reason he's here, isn't it? Um, call. <laughs> but for him to be able to adjust, find it, make the reception. Uh, okay, Jamison, way to go. 
Yeah, I thought he ran a good route and he also came back for the ball. So I guess it makes up for his drops. I mean, he's a young player. He's going to have moments of greatness and then some drops. Well, here's the thing uh, about this Lions offense. Uh, the Amon Ra touchdown and the Jamison Williams touchdown. You're converting first the third and 13 to Amon Ra St. Brown, then a third and 10. So now you're under the impression that as far as this Lions offense goes, there's really no situation that they can't get out of, right? Do you you find that to be true? Yeah, and when they get down, it's no problem. They just sort of start ticking away with what they need to do. This is a good football team. Well, they are playing, as they say, complementary football. Uh, There's absolutely no doubt about it. As a matter of fact, uh, after the ballgame, Dan Campbell gave – another one of his award-winning speeches, takes out a $5 bill. He says, oh, what's this? It's five, meaning the five wins that they have. Then uh, Jack Fox got a game ball, a couple of huge punts, uh, pinning uh, the uh, Bucks deep in their own territory. So I, I understood that. And then Jared Goff gets a game ball as well. I think uh, Craig Reynolds should have gotten a game ball. And I'll tell you yeah. who else should have gotten one because he was all over Hell's Half Acre, uh, Alex Anzalone. Wow. This guy is playing some really great football. And I'm going to eat my words because I thought he wasn't that good of a linebacker when he got here, but he is playing really well all over the field. And I'm sure it was a very emotional performance with his parents getting out of Israel. And, uh, you know, that has been well documented. Uh, But look, when you are a linebacker, and you get the attention of your quarterback. That's saying something. No, I've been you know, lucky to play with him now for three years. And um, seeing him grow and seeing him play as well as he is right now, I think I said it a few weeks ago, I, 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 it's the best I've ever seen him play. Um, and I've played against him and, and with him now. And uh, He's certainly the igniter over there on defense and is a hell of a leader, is a hell of a, a dude, practices hard every day, comes to work with a smile on every day, no matter what. I think back to some of the hard times. Um, and he was always the guy with a good attitude. And... Um, putting things on his shoulders and deserves a lot of credit for how they're playing right now. But that defense, man, is is playing that way. It's going to be a lot of fun to play all year like that. Now, you know, from a dude's perspective, Jamie, when another dude says you're just playing like a dude, that pretty much says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, and you know what? I do think there's something to his parents just got out of Israel. He posted a picture on social media. He flew them to this game, so he's playing in front of them. And, I, you know, he said sometimes you take family for granted. So he's well, that's, playing pretty well for them. Yeah, and that's a pretty heavy situation. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but Anzalone's uh, performance was not wasted on the head coach either. He just continues to play at a, a very high level. Um, he, is a, um, he is an extremely uh, smart football player. And... And he is playing as physical as I've ever seen him, and he's playing at a very high level. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find backers that are playing better than him right now in this league. All right, Jared Goff, uh, 30 of 44, without a pick. He was sacked three times. Amon Ross St. Brown finished the tilt, 12 receptions, 124 yards. Baker Mayfield uh, came in, again, coming off a bye. Uh, he was 19 of 37, 206 yards and one interception. Uh, the Bucks, by the way, limited to 46 yards rushing on 16 attempts. In today's modern game in the National Football League, Jamie, very rarely do you come across a team that's only able to put up six points. 
Yeah, and how about that defense holding opponents to under 100 yards rushing in the first six games? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, you go from being a defensive. And look at the difference a year makes. Look at it this way, Jam. A year ago, at this time, we were mired in that one and six lion start. Yeah, exactly. And Aaron Glenn was almost ushered out of town, Lions defensive coordinator. And now he has a top 10 team defensively, not to mention, I think, the best team against the rush in the league. How about that? What a difference, you know, a full year can make. But that's why I think we should temper these expectations from everyone nationally saying, oh, they're Super Bowl bound when they're five and one. Look how the season changed on a dime for the Lions when they were one and six and flipped. So I'm not saying I want that to happen, but let's just cool it a little. Yeah, we'll talk more about that in just a bit. Meanwhile, um, you had Philly uh, going to the Meadowlands and falling to the Jets 20 to 14. Then, uh, and I'm sure 49ers fans feel still completely jobbed. Uh, it was an unfortunate, unnecessary roughness penalty that they suffered they would fall to the Browns 19-17. So uh, the Lions at 5-1 and one in a three-way tie for the top spot uh, in the NFC. And uh, you've got David Montgomery down in the second quarter. Uh, today, Dan Campbell said there is some rib cartilage damage. Uh, he is probably going to miss some time. Exactly how long, nobody really knows. Hmm. Darn it. That's a big loss. That is a big loss. Talk about a guy who was balling out. No question. Well, and maybe, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs, who's missed the last two with a uh, hammy, uh, maybe he is uh, due to get back in the lineup against the Ravens. By the way, uh, the Ravens are 4-2. and two. They have the top spot as it stands right now in the AFC North. They have been installed as three-point favorites. How about that? Hmm. How about that? Where's the Lions love there? <laughs> Well, I mean, this was going to be a tough game on the road. Well, you know what? Uh, here's another challenge for Aaron Glenn in this Lions defense. You know, finding a way to Lamar contain. Jackson. Yes, indeed. Now, if they do that, uh, there's going to be a meltdown in the great state of Michigan. <laughs> there's no question about it. Uh, we've got some more uh, Lions stuff to finish up. We'll do that. Keep you updated on what's going on in Columbus with your Red Wings and Blue Jackets. Also, uh, some college football stuff and, of course, Monday Night Football. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. They hold Tampa Bay to six points, 13 first downs, none on the ground, and two for 12 on third down today. Yeah, and you talked about third down. That, that was the deciding thing. Just two for 12 on third down for Tampa Bay and, and two of the big touchdowns for the Lions, third and long. 16 game stretch in six decades the lions are five and one thank you for noticing there fella uh we do appreciate it welcome back into the sports book here on 760 wjr Stephen jamie here at your service good news report from columbus shane ghost another new guy lights the lamp nice little snapshot there red wings they are up one nil uh about 906 left in the first period of play all right, I just wanted to get your thoughts there, James, as we move forward uh, with all this Lions hype. And it's just not here uh, in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, it is nationwide. Um, there are a lot of folks uh, on the bandwagon, a lot more than there were to begin this season. 
As a matter of fact, I couldn't help but notice on Twitter uh, there was an AI, artificial intelligence rendering, of what Detroit would look at look like should the Lions win the Super Bowl. That's where we're at right now. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So there's some AI thing going around? Oh, yeah. And, oh, uh, Lord. It's, uh, it, and I've said for the longest time, you know, we've been around long enough to see the Tigers win a World Series, the Pistons win a championship, the uh, Red Wings, obviously, a few Stanley Cups. Um, but the elusive Super Bowl championship for our Lions. Now, could you imagine? Just, just think about it for a second. I mean, that parade would be so... I mean, I think all the businesses would just shut down so everyone could party. It would be... Uh, abs- and listen, had a great time at all the other championship festivities and, you know, whatnot. But I fear for my life that the Lions win the Super Bowl. I'm telling oh, you. Uh, that would be so fun. Oh, my goodness. And then we have the draft after that. Well, you know, let's just not go crazy here. Um, okay. Because now there are... Uh, some threads on on the internet, which is all the rage these days, um, that, listen, you have to curtail your excitement here because of where we are in the season. And, uh, you know, injuries, obviously, uh, you know, an X factor, and uh, you've got to perform. Oh, and by the way, uh, don't think for a second that in this particular situation, the Baltimore Ravens are not fully aware of the rejuvenated Detroit Lions. So, to whom a lot is given, a lot is expected. Now you've got a target on your back, and uh, other teams are taking notice. A hundred percent. And Baltimore is always a good team. They're coached well by the other Harbaugh. And, you know, it's going to be tough. Any road game in the NFL is going to be tough. But because you built this cushion of 5-1 and one in a three-game lead in the division, you can drop one here or there, and it's no big deal. Well, you know, and I think – This is going to be the magic of Dan Campbell and his staff. You know, and you throw Ben Johnson in there, who obviously is getting a lot of love. Uh, And the problem when you have success, Jamie, is everybody is already under the impression that Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn are gone at the end of this year. They're going to become head coaches somewhere. Yeah. You know, that, that could very well be. But there's no guarantee of that happening either. Uh, ben Johnson was going through the process during this past off season. He said, look, I want to stay with what's going on in Detroit. So who the hell knows? Who knows? I mean, that's what happens with good teams. Your coordinators get interviews, but I mean, how many times have the coordinators in Kansas city been interviewed and then they come back? So you never know. That's a problem. We'll worry about down the road. And as I was going to say, I think, uh, one of the glories of Dan Campbell having played at the NFL level, and he's just a, a, a gamer and some would say certifiable. Um, he is not going to let this team uh, read the press clippings, listen to all this lion's love going on in the country right now and take away from the job at hand. He's just not going to let that happen. No. And he's always been even kill, even when they were one and six. So he's not going to change now. No, that's true. Uh, I will say this. For the first time since, I think, 2011, 2012, the uh, Buccaneers wore the creamsicles. I've always been a big fan. and That part I liked. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it, it was a cool uniform back in the day. You either loved it or you absolutely hated it. But at the same time, uh, when they panned the camera 
And uh, Tim Twentyman, our good friend from DetroitLions.com um, and other media types who were there, uh, took pictures. And Lions Nation traveled extremely well. This is unlike anything. I think Lomas said that, that he's seen. Dan Miller, who's been around for a long time, said the same thing, that the support, I saw it firsthand at Arrowhead. I saw it at Lambeau, you know, last season. It's crazy. People are traveling with this team or they're coming out of the woodwork when they happen to live in Florida or what have you. And it's it's like a home game for the Lions. Yeah, it uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. And again, um, for those... It probably doesn't even matter uh, what age you are. If you're a Lions fan, you've been through some hurt. And this is, I got to be honest, um, a wonderful feeling. Honestly, I can't tell you how much I was looking forward to watching that Lions game yesterday. And years gone by, I think people can certainly understand. Eh, Lions are on. Okay, maybe I'll watch the first quarter, You know, right. first half, see how they do. I don't know. Uh, but again, at the half yesterday, didn't have a care in the world because no. there's a there's a newfound faith in these guys. Right. Absolutely. I mean, in years past, it'd be like, happy Thanksgiving. We'll be home soon. We're just going to go <laughs> see a quarter. Oh, Lord. All right. We're going to check out uh, what went down mm, in uh, college football this past weekend. That and more as we continue with the sports book here on 760. As always, thank you so very much to our wonderful friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for their support of the sports book here on WJR. Uh, special thanks to uh, Jason Fissler and Mr. Marvin taking care of all the important stuff on the other side of the glass. Uh, Jamie, we've got postseason baseball in full effect. All of a sudden, the Texas Rangers, who put up four in the first inning against the Astros, Right now, the Rangers holding on to a 5-4 lead. That is in the top of the ninth. Nope, we are just going bottom right nine right now. Uh, the Rangers up 5-4. Uh, they could be on their way to a 2-0 series lead over the Strohs. How about that? How about that ALCS matchup, all Texas? Uh, yeah, and it's not 119 degrees uh, <laughs> to everybody's enjoyment. Uh, and game one of the NLCS tonight in Philadelphia, the uh, D-backs, a couple of surprising teams here in the Phillies. Uh, they are squaring off. I got into a conversation uh, with a few folks over the weekend about Nick Cassianos, uh, who is mm-hmm. just going absolutely nuts there in Philly. Uh, where was he when he was in Detroit? Remember when he was here? I thought Nick Cassianos was an honest ball player, uh, much younger uh, at the time. But remember, Jane, he wanted to stay a Tiger. And the powers that be said, eh, no, nah, we're going to move you. Yeah, his interviews were always a little awkward. And then I think, he, you know, didn't he say something about Comerica Park and people got upset about that? It's like none of that matters. He is a baller. Yeah, he I is. Mean, he made history. He multiple home runs in back-to-back games in the postseason. Does it effortless, effortlessly. Uh, yeah. Anxious to see what he does here in the uh, NLCS. Okay. We've put it off as long as we can. Okay. Um, Obviously, uh, this Spartan football team uh, needed something good. Anything would have been nice. Um, An extra Danish at the uh, breakfast table would have gone a long way. Uh, (laughs) It has been a very difficult year. So there they are in Piscataway. A rainy day. 
the Scarlet Knights celebrating their homecoming. Next thing you know, we're in the fourth quarter, and the Spartans are up 24-6. to six. And you're thinking, okay, this is good. I was, I was really, really excited for everybody involved, Jamie. I was very excited for Spartan fans, one of which is my husband. He, he was feeling pretty good. Yeah, Ryan is a uh, Spartan through and through, mm-hmm. and uh, I was right there with him. I'm a big fan of Harlan Barnett. Uh, he's a football guy, uh, deep roots in East Lansing. I'm thinking about Mark D'Antonio and everything that he's done on the banks of the Red Cedar. And the 15, the final 15 minutes couldn't have gone any worse. Uh, the Spartans were outgained by Rutgers in the fourth quarter, 120 to minus 20. And everything started going sideways in the most impossible of ways. Michael O'Shaughnessy, he's a punter. He's taken snaps in that position for, I'm sure, a long, long time. It slipped through his hands. Aaron Young recovers it in the end zone. You're thinking, okay, it's 24-13 at this point. Okay. All right. All right. Just a little, you know, blip. It's fine. Batten down the hatches. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. The clock is running. And then uh, another special teams faux pas. Um, you had the Scarlet Knights cut it to 24-21. Still on top. It's okay. Nobody panic. And then uh, Terrell Henry on the ensuing kick after the aforementioned touchdown, let the ball bounce. Cardinal sin in this game of football. Uh, Rutgers recovered, and the rest, as they say, is history. What a collapse. Oh, my goodness. I, you know what? I feel for the players. They've been through a lot through no fault of their own. And then this is kind of embarrassing on the road. 18 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, afterwards, Harlan Barnett said, you know what, um, we just couldn't stop the avalanche. And uh, you know what, you see it in sport every once in a while. Again, there are no guarantees. Um, but in hindsight, Jamie, uh, what Coach Barnett said could be said about the entire 2023 season. It's been an avalanche of epic, epic proportions. Yes. I I just, like I said, I feel badly for the players, for the Spartan fans. I know a lot of them, they're good people. They just, you know, want their team to do well and it is not going well. And now you have Michigan coming to town. Well, and this is where a win uh, in Piscataway would have gone a long way with this team. Who's been through it through no fault of their own. They've been through it. So now you come back home to Spartan stadium uh, for the uh, latest edition of the backyard brawl and you've got a team in Michigan. We'll talk more about them coming up in just a bit. Number two in the land. And as I've said before, as it relates to this uh, rivalry, uh, you never underestimate the emotions of an 18 year old kid. Um, State's going to be there. uh, And we'll see if you're going to hang your hat on something, your Michigan state, Caton Hauser, in his first start, 18 of 29, 133 yards, uh, started the game with a very, very nice drive. Uh, and so I thought he represented himself very well. Yeah, and, you know, he's getting reps as a young man. I mean, if he's the quarterback next year, this is valuable experience. 
Now on to Michigan, uh, who seemed at times to be toying with the Indiana Hoosiers, who, by the way, uh, had a 7 nothing lead late in the first quarter. I know. I was driving in the car, and I said, oh, wow, this is a close game. And then Michigan, I believe, scored the next 52. Yeah, it, it's just <laughs> uh, crazy. As a matter of fact, J.J. McCarthy threw the tie-breaking two-yard touchdown pass to Roman Wilson late in the first half. And then that was pretty much it, 52-7 the final. How about this? The Wolverines have beaten teams by an average of 33 points. They are the third team since 2000 to win each of the first seven games by 24-plus points, joining Ohio State's 2019 team and Stanford's team back in 2011. They can uh, I mean, they can score. Yeah, that's pretty good. But, again, their schedule has not been that tough. True. You have to put that out there. True. No, and it's it's a valid statement. And I know some diehard Michigan folk that admit to the same thing. Uh, you take a look at the schedule, and you knew this going in. You've got, uh, obviously, the rivalry game with Michigan State. Didn't know at the time, you know, what this season had in store for the Spartans. And then you've got Penn State, Ohio State. And and that's it. So uh, we'll see what happens. But just talking about the Wolverines offensively. Defensively, they're allowing just 6.7 points per game. Again, with a schedule, eh, okay, whatever. Uh, the first... FBS team to give up 10 or fewer points in the first seven games since Clemson back in 1981. I mean, that is an impressive stat. Uh, and I talked to the players last week and I'm, or the week before, and I'm going to go talk to them in preparation for Michigan state. They are really good at what they say. They say they're taking it one game at a time. They're not overlooking Indiana. They'll say they're not going to overlook Michigan state. I mean, that's how you got to think when your goals are still, you know, a long way down the road. No, this is a collective football team. I I, I think they are prodding themselves in every aspect, every facet, uh, week in and week out. They have now won 19 straight Big Ten games, matching a school record set from 1990 through 1992. Uh, They have scored 30-plus points in a program record 10 straight games dating back to last season. So... You talk about, Jamie, a team firing on all cylinders, they would be number two, Michigan. Yes, yes, they are. And we'll we'll see what happens. But I did ask them some cute, funny things. I said to Roman Wilson, I'm like, okay, when Jim Harbaugh's in the locker room, does he say some head-scratching things that you're like, what? And he goes, yes, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much become the norm, hasn't it? Yes. Head scratching things. That's uh that's a potential Jeopardy category. Head scratching <laughs> yeah, like, Jim Harbaugh thoughts for a hundred please, Alex. Exactly. Like heat rises, you know, that whole thing he did last week. End of the first period in Columbus, Shane Gostabriere's goal is uh hanging in there. Red Wings up one nothing on the Blue Jackets again after the first period. Quickly, the Pistons. They're in the preseason, don't you know? They're a one and one club. They're coming off the 128-125 win over Oklahoma City. That in Montreal last Thursday night. Now the Pistons will host the Thunder at 8 o'clock on Thursday night as their preseason continues. Monday night football coming up. Uh, You've got the uh, Dallas Cowboys trying to find themselves after they were absolutely dismantled 
uh, last weekend by the 49ers. They're in the City of Angels to take on the Chargers. Jamie, we'll talk about that when we come back here on 760 WJR. Jamie, am I the only one that's going to have to brush up on my cricket rules? Uh, because you know it's going to be an Olympic sport now. Yes, I definitely will have to Google a couple things there. I have absolutely no idea. I've seen a couple of matches uh, over a period of time. I, I, I have no idea. It's kind of like baseball, I guess. Um, but flag- also kind of like golf because it's a low swing, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, but flag football is also going to be an Olympic sport, huh? Interesting. Uh, yeah, so that just means uh, more pressure on the officials uh, on Saturday morning flag football deals with the with the youngsters. Because you know what? My kid's going to be an Olympic athlete in flag football, you know. <laughs> well, parents think that whatever sport their kid is playing. Yeah, well, all right. In the time we have left, as we always do, Set a couple of minutes aside for Monday night football. Uh, we got the Cowboys at three and two on the road in the City of Angels to take on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. They're a two and two club coming off a bye. Uh, in case you're wondering, the Cowboys, even though they're coming off the out and out shellacking uh, by the 49ers a week ago yesterday, 42 10 the final there, they're still a point and a half favorite. Uh, Jamie, let's go to our Cowboys correspondent. Uh, Jason Fistler. Jason, you are a diehard Cowboys guy. I know that, mister. I was going to say that's brutal, the shellacking in this. But this team doesn't deserve anything. No praise for me, nothing. I don't even I don't even know which team is going to show up tonight, to tell you the truth. So, Are you handling Wow, you sound defeated. Very, very <laughs> defeated. A 3-2 and two football team has defeated me, but. Well, and I know you were bummed out. Uh, you go back to September 24th. When the Cowboys handed handed to him by the Arizona Cardinals, that was shocking. Twenty eight sixteen, the final there. Yeah. Are you looking at the loss to the Forty ers any differently, or you're just past it now? Past it now. Uh, you know, I had a buddy that said to me last night, oh, "You guys gonna are you gonna are you gonna win tomorrow night?" I said, uh, "I I don't know." He goes, "You sound like you have no hope." I go, "There is no hope." What this team makes the playoffs, they run into the Forty ers again. You know, like I want to see that. Um, everything it just seems like has gone backwards this year. They, uh, you know, they obviously switch play callers who they'll face tonight. And they, they, they're, they're calling plays for Dak Prescott because they're scared of him throwing interceptions. They signed Brandon Cooks. I have his numbers up right here. Brandon Cooks was supposed to be their deep play threat this year. Right. Nine catches, 73 yards. He did miss one game, but that doesn't matter. And, and it's, so it's like, I'd, I'd like to see them take some shots downfield, but it's, it's like, they're, the, the game plan is just, Short passes. They haven't been able to run the ball very well. So, the Chargers. How do you feel about Dak Prescott? Isn't his contract coming up? Yeah, yeah. Is Jerry Jones going to pay him? It, it. He's saying all the. He's saying yes to everything. I know he. He's. He has to say that stuff. Oh, he's going to be with us for a long time. Oh, he's the guy that's going to take us to the promised land. But oh, wake up, old man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the subplot to this uh, very important tilt, of course. Uh, Chargers offensive coordinator Kellen Moore 
uh, will face his former team for the first time. Uh, Moore spent eight seasons. Hard to believe it was that long with Dallas as a uh, player and coach from 2015 through 2022, the last four years. I miss him every day. Do you really? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, obviously they didn't they didn't get past the divisional round with him either. It doesn't look like they're going to, you know, with with this staff. So I don't know. I I I just don't know. I have no no answers. <laughs> well, Kellen you Moore, have no faith. My the, goodness, no, I don't. It's sad, Jace, because listen, and I know you're listening to Jamie and I going on and on about the Lions. <laughs> Hey, you know? I'm very happy for them. It's it's time. It's about time. You think? Yeah. And I don't. <laughs> and December 30th, uh, the Lions go to Dallas. I may watch that one with my eyes closed. Well, you know what? That'll be an interesting <laughs> one. But the thing about Kellen Moore, and make this point in the time we have, um, he was credited with improving the play of Dak Prescott. Now that being said, uh, Prescott has had three sub 80 passer ratings uh, so far this year. Uh, he's had more than four in a season, just once in his eight-year career. And I'm wondering, how bad is he missing Kellen Moore? Oh, I'm sure a lot. Like I said, they are these game plans, are they're, they're playing scared with him. He doesn't take shots down the field. He can. We've seen it. So well, he I'd has like the to, arm. He does, yeah. And I'd like to see a little of that tonight. Because without that, the running game, you, you can't generate a running game. You can't stretch the field. So... And the, and the Chargers' defense is 31st in the league, so they should be able to do something tonight. Well, although um, the Chargers uh, are they, – they do have a little something-something going on uh, offensively. Um, you, you take a look. Uh, Herbert has won his last three starts on Monday nights. I'm sure that adds uh, into the uh, betting equation. Six and six in primetime games. His 24 touchdown passes in those starts ranks fourth since he entered the league in 2020. Uh, I think uh, the Cowboys are going to they're gonna have their work cut out for themselves tonight because I think uh, the Chargers, coming off a bye week, well-rested, getting some guys back. Uh, they're running back Austin Eckler. He's back in the lineup. So, But I am a big, big believer in the Cowboys' D. Uh, <laughs> which Cowboys' defense is going to show Except up Except against San Francisco. <laughs> or Arizona. Or Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I got Marvin here tonight, so when if it is a bad night, I can just go take a walk, and I don't have to worry about the boards. Okay, well, good luck to you tonight. <laughs> Thank you. What do you know about cricket? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is uh, unbelievable. Well, uh, we used to w- make a wager on the Monday night tilts. but Yeah, we did. I think that's And I'm down like a million. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Mondays, uh, it's always fun spending Monday nights with you. But I mean, um, the fact that the Lions are five and one, uh, they, they're certainly going in the right direction. It's just so enjoyable, isn't it? It's really fun, and uh, we'll see. Maybe you and I can talk at the Lions game or something with that Monday night game coming up. Oh yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, meanwhile, first things first, um, they've got little challenge coming up in Baltimore and a very rare underdog situation in this season for the Honolulu Blue and Silver. Three points to uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So we'll see. We'll talk about it a week from tonight. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. Hopefully uh, when we reconvene at 7 o'clock a week from tonight, we will have 
nothing but good things to report. In the meantime, Jason, thank you so much. Marvin, wonderful job over there. Jamie, it's a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Thank you all very much for listening to 760 WJR.